Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I'm Dennis Weens, your host with Sat7 USA. Each week, I invite a guest to the podcast for a conversation about their fresh ministry idea and their innovative approach. As you listen, let us know how it helps you. Give us a like and be sure to share it with your friends. Again, if you've heard of a fresh idea in ministry, let me know. I'd like to welcome them onto the podcast to explain. My guest today is John Barkranik, who helps change makers turn vision into action and then action into transformation. So, John, it's great to have you on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, Dennis. Thank you very much. I noticed you're CEO and founder of Intersect. We'll have to learn more about that, a ministry that equips change makers to bear more fruit. And you got insight into theological truth that you can explain in a very understandable way and help people make application. You're an ordained pastor, a certified leadership coach, and a jazz pianist. So we won't hear you play the piano today, but we'll talk about uh, some of your leadership skills. Sounds good. And I want to get right to the point. All over the world, Jesus is calling ordinary Christians to join him in his mission in the world. The challenge is many do not fit traditional models of ministry. And for some, it is hard to follow traditional ministry paths with traditional organizations. There's a lot in that phrase, uh, but help us understand it's a different approach that you have and that you suggest for people. So help us unpack why so many people do do not fit traditional models, traditional paths, and traditional organizational structure. Yeah. So... If you think about the traditional uh, the traditional structure, most agencies uh, that do ministry, they already have uh, kind of a box that they've created to fit themselves. So they have a certain mission, uh, certain geography, certain kind of people that they serve. And if a person wants to do ministry within that box, um, there can be a great fit. And you know, I think traditional uh, ministry organizations, you know, many of them are wonderful and they've done great work. So I, I don't have any problem with traditional ministry organizations, except they don't fit, um, I think, a growing number of people. So, uh, you know, a traditional ministry organization may say, well, we do uh, ministry in Europe. You know, we really focus on Europe. Or they might say, uh, we have a specific mission to do church planting among the unreached. Uh, or we have a uh, you know sp- specific calling to help indigenous leaders in Africa. Uh, and the the challenge is if you're called to ministry that doesn't fit into any of those boxes, uh, then what do you do? So um, you know a friend of ours, his name is George. He's uh, from Ghana, and he has, a calling from the Lord to do ministry in a certain area of Ghana where there just aren't any traditional mission agencies at work doing that, uh, in that area. Right. Um, and, you know, he wants to do some things that are a little less traditional as well. And so, uh, you know, he's just really struggled to find anyone uh, to help him do that. So what typically happens is people end up starting something uh, on their own, uh, which can be a, a, a difficult slog, especially if you don't have any kind of a support system or you, you've never uh, 
never done anything like that before. So they they start with a lot of enthusiasm. They have a heart for it, but they just don't have the skill set to make it happen. Right. So do you find that a lot of these ministry startups then fail? Yeah, I, I, I've not seen any statistics, but I would guess that it's similar to, um, you know, new businesses where something like, you know, 50 to 75% fail within the first two to five years, you know, for, for a host of reasons, but uh, including just not having the skill set or the experience or, or the funding. And even if they don't fail, they struggle where they could really be thriving and then impacting so many other uh, people. What, are, what, are some, what does somebody need to understand as they launch a new ministry model? What are some basic things they need to understand and consider as they launch these models? Yeah. So uh, we have a program called Ignite Your Ministry uh, that brings people through uh, six key questions that we believe they need to ask themselves. Uh, the the first one is just who? Who has God called you to minister to? And where are they? That's the second one. Where are they? What, what's their context? And there's different kinds of context. And you know, so they need to really be able to paint a, a clear picture of the people God's called them to serve and what their needs are. And then the third question is what? What is the, um, you know, what do they do to um, to help serve? But the answer to what is always based on why. So why is this vitally important? And this is an area that I think many in ministry struggle with because uh, they don't know, they haven't identified the kind of transformation that God wants to bring in people's lives. And then they aren't able to kind of connect the dots between what they do and that transformation. Uh, and so uh, we help people answer those questions. And then, um, you know, how they go about that, how will they know that they're bearing fruit? Um, you know, whether that's metrics or it's, uh, um, you know, stories or, you know, like how will they uh, identify the fruit that God is bringing them? And then finally, the sixth question is when, and that's more of a question for partners, donors, um, uh, and, and it's like, when can I get a taste? So, you know, helping them build on ramps for people to um, experience the ministry, to uh, get a taste of it, uh, help support uh, the ministry, tell others about the ministry, those kinds of questions. You have a quote on your website, your dissatisfaction may be God's invitation to action. I thought that was interesting because even within organizations, uh, as you your ministry grows, it pulls you into other avenues of ministry that might be outside that box you were talking about before. Mm -hmm. And so it creates some frustration there and some dissatisfaction, but it might be God leading you into a new direction. Yeah. Yeah. And it requires discernment, right? Because our dissatisfaction could be our own sin, <laughs> or it could right. be, um, you know, God's trying to uh, to help us serve or to be more patient or whatever, or it could be that He's leading us to to do something new uh, to help meet a need that's currently going unmet. Now, do these principles apply across cultures, or are they more for a certain culture set? 
Yeah, we've really found that they do apply across cultures. Uh, we have worked in a- several places in Africa, Asia, uh, Latin America, North America. Um, we aren't currently in Europe, but we've done some work in Europe. And uh, the way that the principles are applied could be different, but the basic principles of knowing who God's called you to reach, knowing the kinds of transformation he's called you to do, uh, to you know, partner with him in, um, and you know, knowing how you're bearing fruit, uh, connecting those dots, uh, those basic principles, I think, uh, really apply across cultures. And your ministry is the ministry called Intersect. That's an interesting spelling, I-N-T-E-R-S-E-K-T. Uh, how did you come up with that spelling? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not a horribly uh, spiritual story, but uh, the the whole ministry really started as a as a blog. It was an outlet for me to just rant about theology and ministry and kind of uh, talk about things that I was frustrated with and dissatisfied with. I wanted to try to bring God's word into our world. And you know, meet at the intersection of God's word and and our world. And so, when I looked for a domain name to host the blog, Intersect spelled the correct way. There weren't any domain names for that. So I had the idea of spelling it with a K. And when I looked at the um, the pronunciation of Intersect in the dictionary. Uh, so phonetically, you know, they have the, the pronunciation. Right. It's actually spelled with a K. So our, our logo is actually the phonetic dictionary pronunciation with the little dot and the accent over where you're supposed to uh, put the accent on intersect and the K. So so we just went with that and, and it stuck ever since. So you're creating a movement of Christian change makers passionate about joining Jesus on his mission in the world. Right. So you come alongside uh, individuals and organizations and uh, help them be change makers. What are some examples? You mentioned some from Ghana. What are some other examples of some of these change makers? Yeah. So, so change makers seems like they fall into one of two categories. Um, one is what I would call an occupational change maker. So George in Ghana is starting a, a ministry. Um, he's raising money so he can be full-time devoted to leading that ministry. And a fair amount of what we do is helping people like George. Um, we've got an individual who uh, is Indian, and his vision is to train pastors in Southeast India. Uh, there's very few Christians in that part of India. And the Christians that are there face a lot of persecution. And what they have found is that uh, many of the pastors really don't have much of a theological theological education. And the ones who do uh, struggle as leaders because the whole leadership model uh, for most churches is uh, kind of a family business. So you've got the, uh, the Don <laughs> and his sons who kind of run the thing. Uh, right. And, and so... Um, uh, this individual is is trying to really help bring change to that so that the church can be more effective and bear more fruit evangelistically and really have an impact on the uh, that area of India. So he, he would be an example of a, 
another example of like an occupational change maker. And then there are people who are what I would call an embedded change maker. So this is somebody who is embedded in a career or an industry, isn't going to have a ministry job, but still wants to be on mission with Jesus in their own sphere of influence. Right. So, um, you know, they're working with a, uh, a woman right now who works with a, a secular nonprofit uh, and is a leader in this organization. And she wants to know, you know, how do I lead in such a way that uh, brings the kingdom of God into this, uh, this nonprofit? Um, you know, some of that is disciple making. Some of that is just, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian leader in a fallen world? Uh, and, and there are fewer resources than we would like uh, that address those kinds of questions. Very good. And I know you're a prolific writer, and there's a lot of your books or booklets and resources on your website. Uh, give your website so people can check out check out your website and some of the books that you've written. Yeah, the website is www.intersect with a K. So I-N-T-E-R-S-E-K-T dot O-R-G. Very good. And uh, some are free resources, and then there's others you can purchase. Right. Uh, John's contact information is there on the website as well, so you can get more information. There's a quote on your website that's really interesting to me. The path to your deepest dreams runs through the forest of your greatest fears. Mm. Yeah. There's I, a lot in that statement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had a like a simple Bible verse to back that up, but it's more my observations of both scripture, history, uh, and my own life, that it seems to me that the one thing God's always doing in every circumstance is he's growing our faith. Right. And so as he leads us into our dreams, uh, the dreams that he's given us, uh, part of the way that he both refines us and prepares us for doing what he's called us to do is to lead us uh, through the forest of our, our greatest fears. And so the process of getting there is um, the process of making us who we need to be to be good for the mission that he has uh, created us for. So it builds our trust as we obey him and walk through the open doors that he gives us. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as we face those fears, we can trust and uh, we can overcome those fears and yeah. reach the potential that he has for us. Well, John, it's great to have you on the podcast. And this is some interesting material as we think in terms of leadership and change makers. And again, I, I encourage you to go to the website intersect.org, E-N-I-N-T-E-R-S-E-K-T.org, and check out some of John's uh, materials there. And again, John, thank you for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dennis. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at SAT7 USA. Org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Mm-hmm.